The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod, the daily podcast brought to you by the team behind Squawk Box. NYC, this is CNBC Control 2. CNBC's Essential Morning Show. He's here too. Every day, get the best stories, debate, and analysis from the biggest names in business and politics. All right, we're coming to it next. Today on Squawk Pod, news you can use, travel tips from AAA. We have an expert here. These are why we have to ask the questions. And Thanksgiving tricks from a turkey hotline. How to what? How to spatch pack? Yeah, what is that? Plus, remember this? I don't want to grow a fun toy rocket. A new kind of toy story. It's back, sort of. Those stories and plenty more to be grateful for, like The Irishman hitting Netflix today. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. It's Wednesday, November 27th, 2019. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand back, you five, two, one, two, please. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We are live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick, along with Andrew Ross Sorkin. Joe is off today. Our guest host is Barry Knapp. He's director of research at Ironsides Macroeconomics. We have some new data coming in overnight, and that's really what, uh, what Barry was looking at, some of this new data coming out of China. Profits at China's industrial firms shrinking at their fastest pace in eight months in, in October. That's down nearly 10%. Uh, which tracks continued drops in producer prices and exports over the same period. Officials are partly blaming the ongoing U.S.-China trade war. So you called it. Yeah, no, that's I mean, that's been the story. I've been deriving the same data basically out of the Shanghai composite. And you've seen earnings growth go from 13 percent before the trade war started in the middle of 18 to negative 4 percent. So there's just China in China. Sales growth is decelerated from nine to five. But if you think about that mix, it means margins are getting absolutely crushed. And, you know, when you talk about who's absorbing the tariffs, it's pretty clear when you look at profits and revenues and margins in Chinese state owned enterprises that they really are absorbing these tariffs. And so they definitely need a detente to try and take the pressure off the export sector, because In addition to that, any investment that they've had going on in the last year or so has gone to the state-owned enterprises. They've been trying to stimulate the private sector, having no success with it, in part because the banking system is a mess and big banks won't lend to small banks. So Those were issues that existed before the trade war. Oh, oh, absolutely. They were actually trying to reform and de-emphasize the role of the state-owned enterprises. But once the trade war started and the export sector came under pressure, they had no choice but to try and pump money at the SOEs. Now the SOE's profit margins are getting crushed, so they really do need things to settle down and no more, you know, no additional tariffs. At some point, we do want to talk about these balloons, which this weather is going to hurt too, you know. For the Macy's parade, yeah. Which, I, I don't think it's going to happen. You don't think there's going to be balloons at all? No. That's what they're saying they, about the wind. A few years ago, when the wind was even lower than it's expected to be this time around, was when you had a very serious accident, when one of the balloons kind of got out of control and knocked into a lamppost. Knocked into a lamppost and knocked into a yeah, woman who, yeah. went, who, who uh, fell into a coma. Energy. It was a terrible situation. Yeah. But now there are real rules in New York City about the actual wind gusts, and they changed it. If it's anything like what's being anticipated, what the weather forecasters right. are anticipating, they're, they're not going to have the balloons up for the parade. 
Sorkin family is very unhappy, as are many, many, many families. Safety first. Netflix aiming to take uh, on the big box office this uh, Thanksgiving with its release of its long-awaited film, The Irishman, on the platform today. Is it? By the way, can you watch it right this second? Yeah. I think you can because the ad changed. There's a Netflix ad right up there. It changed from it just it's streaming now, so I figured it was, it was on. But uh, will it be enough, though, to take on other movie giants like Disney? The last six months, Disney's shares have now soared 15% while Netflix uh, fell 12 percent. I don't know if that's a hedge or people are rotating one to the other. Joining us right now to talk Netflix strategy this holiday weekend and other tech talkers of the morning is Ed Lee, New York Times media reporter and CNBC contributor. Also joining us this morning is Joan, uh, Joan Salzman. She is the senior writer at CNET. Good morning to both of you. So does this make sense to you? Three, can, can they make their $300 million back? at Netflix for making this film. I mean, this isn't about making $300 million back. This is about having Martin Scorsese's masterpiece with the Netflix name. I mean, the fact that Martin Scorsese has been out there talking and maligning Disney instead of maligning Netflix as the thing that's killing cinema speaks for itself. But that might be worth $300 million. (laughs) Might be worth $300 million. I mean, Scorsese especially, I mean, his his whole shtick has been... Like with Spielberg, you know, you need to see the stuff in the theaters. Right. You know, it's a big picture. You know, the, the way it was shot as well, it looks like it, you have to really see it in theaters. You know, I'm actually going to just watch it at home. <laughs> it's right. just nice that you have a Netflix, Netflix account. It's this acclaimed movie. It's, it's easy. But the whole, they're moving towards this movie strategy. I mean, they're, so, they're adding movies. I, I, think, a lot of I movies. think there's a calculus that's being made, whether it's Netflix or Disney, that everyone knows that the theater window will ultimately shrink. Right. right? So theater owners, they want 70-plus days, right? exclusivity, maybe even longer. There was a negotiation between theater owners and Netflix. Hey, look, you know, can we come closer in the middle? I think they ended something where Netflix was willing to go as long as 45 days, right. and the theater owners were like, 60 is, is the lowest we can go. So it's a matter of, like, what? Just Do you think a, there's a forcing, this is also some kind of grand forcing mechanism, some kind of grand negotiation that's taking place? I think, to you know, sh- To shift movies? You can't, the, here's the, the thing. The if movie you're, window broadly? I think broadly, yes, but it's going to come down to Disney, when Disney might be willing to make that shift, because right now the box office is ruled by Disney, right? right. So... Once Disney sees that, oh, this streaming thing, it's going to be the future of our business, or it really right. needs to, to pump it up. So they need to figure out where's the calculus between how much shorter can we make the theater window and boost right. our, our, our streaming subs without losing too much on the, on the theater. I want to pivot to another topic in just a moment, but very quickly, on Disney+, Plus, right. what's your betting line on the next time they disclose subscriber numbers, the number will be What? Right, so they say no, no. So ten million. They, so there's ten million signups. We know the ten million. When almost sign-ups. everybody was a free signup at that point. I know, but I, I think by the way, the Sorkin family signed up after that signup period, oh. and I assume that there, there was people think it's like a million a day. I mean, it's crazy yeah. what's happening. So the question is, the next time you hear from them, you think it's going to be twenty-five million, thirty million, twenty million, forty million? What, what's what's going on here? I think that twenty million. If they're, I would be very surprised. Let's look at it in context. So Hulu, which is also owned by Disney, has been around for, what, eight years, ten years? Um, They're at, I think, 25 million. 25, 20, they're a little closer to 30. And granted, Disney has put, they've gone all in marketing Disney+. Plus. It's very different in terms of launch. But getting to, it's very, subscription's hard. Getting to that 10 million was impressive, but there were all those promotions involved. They were were estimating at minimum about a million signups a month, right? Right. So they're clearly blown past that. I think it's just going to be, you know, what the churn is going to look like and how much they factor that into the number. Thank you, guys. Thank you. 
Toys R Us is about to open its doors once again, one store at a time. Courtney Reagan joins us right now from Paramus, New Jersey, and it's about time, Courtney. It is about time, Becky. So this is Toys R Us. Are you confused? It's a new store, but with a familiar name. So here's what happened. The retailer did file for bankruptcy and closed all 800 stores last year after an unsuccessful reorganization. A new parent company, True Kids, owns the Toys R Us and Jeffrey Brands now, using that well-known intellectual property to start fresh. True Kids CEO Richard Berry, in fact, he was formerly Toys R Us chief merchant. So today, this is the first new Toys Toys R Us store under the new company and the new management. It's opening at the Garden State Plaza in Paramus, New Jersey. And then next week, the second store will open in Houston. But these are only two of a total planned 10 stores by the end of 2020. So very different than the 800 former store footprint. And the size, much smaller, only about 6,500 square feet compared to about 40,000 for that old Toys R Us that you are familiar with. Now, the new Toys R Us stores are done in partnership with retail technology firm Beta. So it's much more experiential than inventory-based. There are about 40 brands. Each of them have their own sort of shop-in-shops, like Hasbro, VTech, Melissa and Doug, among a number of others. Another big difference, if shoppers don't find what they want in-store and they're interested in ordering it online, they can go to certain screens here, but then when you go to the ToysRUs.com website, click on the toy that you want, you actually will end up getting the order fulfilled through Target.com. So Target is actually the one that gets that sale, benefiting actually from the absence of Toys R Us in the years since it's disappeared. Target has added more space in in its stores, inventory, and an enhanced focus in general on toys. It's working. Credit Suisse actually estimates that Target picked up somewhere between 15 and 20 percent of the market share that Toys R Us and Babies R Us left behind. Toys one of the strongest categories, growing for 21 straight quarters when you look at those comparable sales, including in that most recent quarter. Back over to you guys. Thank you for that. Where where did the draft go? Where, where did Where's he, Jeffrey? Where's Jeffrey? Where did Jeffrey He's, go? There's a, fo- there's a photo op. Jeffrey's very in demand. There's photo ops happening. It's a very big I day I miss here. Jeffrey. <laughs> let Jeffrey know how much I miss him. Is that an, it, the, by the way, it looked like, a, like an know. updated Jeffrey a little bit to me. Uh, it is slightly updated. Here he is. He's back. Andrew was missing okay. Jeffrey. He's, he knows he's in demand, so he's back. He is slightly updated. You know, still, still part of the original intellectual property, but... Yeah, it looks maybe a little different. Is he a squawk watcher? I don't know. Okay, I love giraffes. I have a thing for giraffes. Cheese will be next. Coming up on Squawk Pod, the do's and don'ts of holiday travel from AAA. This may be my favorite segment of the whole year. News you can use. I feel like I learned so much. Mine too, because you told him he was wrong on every count. Are your driving habits as frowned upon as Andrew's? Let them go. Get out of the way. That's next. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This is Squawk Pod. Here's Andrew Ross Sorkin. Stand Andrew by. Up and Andrew. Cue. 
According to uh, AAA, holiday traffic expected to triple nationwide today. See the triple, triple. Uh, An expected 55 million Americans will be hitting the road. Uh, that's an almost 3% increase from last year. Joining us right now with more is Robert Sinclair. He is AAA spokesman. How bad is it going to be? It's going to be very bad in some of the major cities around the country, Atlanta, Los Angeles, New York. We will see a tripling of travel time. So if your trip normally takes an hour, it's going to take three hours. Why? In other major cities, what's it will going be doubled. What is it, what, why is it that much worse? Oh, not three times as many people. A lot of people driving. Um, Americans get the fewest number of vacation days of any workers in the industrialized world. We get a you know, little well, time off. We take advantage of it. Yeah, we've got disposable income. And when we have extra money in our pockets, we like to take a trip. So throw in Thanksgiving. People like to drive to their destination. Gives them the independence of leaving when they want. According to their schedule, right. they go where they want when they get to their destination. Do you believe got that, transportation. Do you believe that, I, I, I don't know if you consider them a competitor, Hmm. Do you believe like Waze and Google Maps have made it better or worse? When I say competitor, because I remember the old days when my dad would go get AAA, would sure, you would actually get the map, the triptych, yeah. and you'd yeah. actually write it out, and we would like read it to him as he was driving. I mean, hey, I'm a AAA member. Anyone who has used those apps can tell you a story about how they were misled by them. So I always say, don't turn your brain off. We recommend you carry a map as well. That those apps are good for when you get to like your local destination, you try and maneuver around local streets. But for the point to point, get a map and you'll get there no problem. We still make lots of maps, by the way. Waze was going to save me two, or actually cost me two minutes this morning yeah. to go around a toll on the Garden State Parkway. <laughs> like, <laughs> can you? By the way, this completely. This will just help my family because we sure. have this this sort of conversation in the car all the time. Mm-hmm. You know when you're in traffic but you can't really understand why there's traffic, and then all of a sudden the traffic lets up. It's queuing theory. But the, right. So what, but what is it? What is the psychology of the traffic? Sometimes there's, it, sometimes there's no accident. There's no anything. It's just there's that one. Somebody spilled coffee on the It's, it's just, it's, no, it's the, the whole it's thing the just slows to a nothing. No, I know it's physics, but there's got to <laughs> I think it's basic rules of the road that people don't know and don't follow. Remember, roads are engineered such that the left lane is supposed to be the fast lane, the passing oh. lane, and you get somebody doing 50 miles an hour yeah. there, and everybody else wants to do 60 or 70. How do you feel about doing off. 60 or 70 in the left, but then never getting out of the left? Are you cool with that or not? If someone is behind you and wants to get by, Ooh. you should move. move. I've driven in Germany. Right. Even if you you're really hustling. Oh, way. you even definitely have, have to get out of the Even if you're hustling down the Hold on, hold on. But let's say you're really hustling. You're in the Left lane, and you're you're moving. I mean, oh you're 65. You Somebody you're wants to out hustle you. <laughs> you're get out there. of the way. That's just the way. Is there a special circ and sign that says you're going 75, and that's good enough? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stay in the left if oh. I'm really moving, though. But if I'm hustling, my speed's fast enough. I'm going fast <laughs> enough. I don't need to move. Well, no, oh if gosh, I'm going at 70 or 75 miles an hour, and we're really moving, which is again, which is I'm going over the limit to begin Why with. Going, going over the limit. If somebody want to make themselves into police officers. Look, we don't recommend speeding. Speeding is a major cause of crashes, leads to serious injuries and fatalities. But if somebody wants to go faster, let them go. Get out of the way. How do you feel about flashing your lights during the day at somebody? That's a good way to get but shot. I mean, flashing you know, your lights to get out of the way or Oh, I do that all the time. <laughs> well, both. But people know they flash their lights to say get out of the way. Because you're yeah. driving in the fast lane and no, you're I, This is why I'm asking these questions. I'm right. trying to understand. We have an expert here. These are why yeah. we have to ask the questions. He's question. telling you to get out. Get out of the way, please. Okay, let me ask you a separate question. All right. Is it true that if, because I was told this, and I don't know if, the, if a police, if you're, if you're going at 75 miles an hour, you're sitting now you're over the limit. Right. And you get pulled over, but the whole traffic is actually moving at that speed. 
I was actually told that what you're supposed to tell the officer is that you were actually driving at the speed of traffic and that, it, that actually you would actually have gotten into an accident otherwise and you were being pushed to do that. There is. What do, do you think about that as an argument? We do teach in our driver improvement program that you have to keep up with the traffic. Because yes. if everybody's doing 70 and you're doing 40, it's like somebody doing 50 during the Indianapolis 500. You're creating a safety problem. But if a police officer, police officer pulls you over and says, yes. you were doing the speed and while well, everybody else was, why didn't you pull them over? So, well, I that picked is, you. That is not you know, a good excuse. It's not a good excuse. Everybody else was doing it. Like, okay. <laughs> Final question. Okay. What do you make of using radar? Do people even use radar or now Waze and all these Waze other services that right. identify yeah. where the cops are and this and that? You, does AAA have a, a view, we, on, a philosophical we, view on these services? We think app-based uh, GPS is a good thing. It helps you get to your destination. It helps you to save gasoline. Yeah, but what about identifying where the, the, the monitors are? We have not taken an official position <laughs> on that. Uh, okay. But listen, as someone who, who's driving along and you, know, you kind of lapse the vehicles these days, make high speed effortless. Right. So if you kind of lapse and you forget where you are, what you're doing, it's very easy to exceed the speed limit. So right. they're helpful in that regard to help maintain. By the way, so the Waze also it, tells you when you're going over the speed limit. It right. Yes, it does. It, it flashes a little warning. red thing. The That's argument is it slows it. you down because right. you you, yes. know, you see the cops and then you realize, right. okay, I was drifting above the limit. My son yeah. has watched That's it. your point. Said, yes, exactly. Going too yeah. fast. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Robert, thank you. Stay safe this weekend, This may be my favorite segment of the whole year. News you can use. I feel like I learned so much. Mine, too, because you told he was wrong on every count. <laughs> Coming up, talking turkey. Operators are standing by at the Butterball Turkey Talk Line. We've come up with some really great ideas on how to deep fry, how to spatchcock, and how to air fry. How to what? Squawk Pod. We'll be right back. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older like a family vacation or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. This is Squawk Pod. We're back. Since 1981, a surprisingly low-tech marketing ploy has endured, the Butterball Turkey Talk Line. Staffed by 50 of the calmest, most encouraging phone-a-friends nervous holiday hosts could imagine, this annual service provided by the biggest turkey producer in the U.S. has smoothed the ruffled feathers of more than 50 million consumers. Butterball offers advice on turkey thawing, temperature, cook time, frying versus roasting, on the phone, and also via text, email, social media, and even your Amazon Echo. Alexa, open the Butterball skill. Hi, I'm Marge, a Butterball turkey talk line expert. 
The Turkey Talk line is open from November 1st until Christmas Eve, with the high point being the 24 hours around Thanksgiving, when about 46 million turkeys are cooked at gatherings across the country. Checking in with the staff at Butterball's Command Center has been a proud Squawk tradition year. If you cook it too long, it just explodes. Have you seen it in some of the internal organs? After year. People think once you bring it out, you can just leave it out like all night long. Something could happen overnight, right? After year. It's almost like it's a wonderful life every year. In 2007, we even brought Squawk Box viewers a how-to segment from Joe Kernan, not so gracefully stuffing a turkey. Playing that video is an annual tradition as well. Back here, right? Doctor's orders. You may want, may want to cough a little bit. Here's Becky Quick with Andrew Ross Sorkin and our guest host Barry Knapp talking turkey today with Butterball. Joining us right now from the Butterball Call Center in Naperville, Illinois, is Andrea Balatevich. She is the Turkey Talk Line supervisor, and Andrea, it's great to see you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on the show. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you. You probably couldn't see what we were just watching, but it was Joe stuffing the stuffing in the turkey. He thought he was doing it right by cramming it in as much as he could. I'm pretty sure that's not right, is it? No, definitely not. Here at Butterball, we recommend lightly stuffing your turkey. You want to have some room for it to expand while it's cooking, and you want to make sure that it cooks properly. So you don't want to pack it in, lightly place it in. Is there a risk that you could get salmonella poisoning if you pack it in like Joe was doing? Well, you know what? The most important thing when you're roasting a turkey and placing the stuffing in is to make sure you take the temperature with a meat thermometer. And so it's real important to make sure that the stuffing reaches 165 degrees for food safety. So you'll want to test it right in the center of that stuffing. And then you know it's food safe and your turkey is cooked through. What's the most common question that, that you get asked on the hotline? Well, here at the Butterball Turkey Talk line, we've been talking turkey for 39 years, and we get all kinds of questions. But the one question that keeps coming up, it's our number one question, is how to thaw and how long it takes. And what people don't realize is that for a large turkey, it does take several days to thaw in your refrigerator. So it's too late? It's not too late, no. (laughs) So... For every four pounds, it does take one whole day, but Butterball also recommends a cold water thawing method. So today, the day before Thanksgiving, you could submerge it in cold water. For every 30 minutes that it's in the water, it'll thaw one pound. So that's definitely a quicker method. And then you'll ensure that you have even cooking if it's completely thawed. Andrew, what's the most unique thing you can do with the turkey these days? Well, of course. So over the years, we have heard lots of different trends, and we really follow the trends and work through those over the season. And we've come up with some really great ideas. And on Butterball.com, you'll see some of our new videos on how to deep fry, how to spatchcock, and how to air fry. That's one of the new appliances that we're seeing. How to air fry. Oh, how to spatchcock? Yeah, what is that? Yeah, what's that? (laughs) So that's a method where you cut out the backbone of the turkey, and you actually uh, spread it out the top of the turkey, lay it flat. So it kind of is opening up the turkey. It helps it cook a little bit quicker. So that's just a quick method. But also air frying has become popular, and that makes a really beautiful turkey breast or a turkey breast roast. And if you go to Butterball.com, you can watch our how-to video on how to air fry. Andrea, what is the craziest question that you've ever been asked or somebody else there in the call center has been asked? You know, we get all kinds of calls here from panicked calls to funny calls. And what I love best are the heartwarming calls, or we can kind of really save their Thanksgiving. 
And one call I remember, it was a family, they were just putting their turkey into the oven and they lost power. And they're sitting in the dark. They said, well, we should call 1-800-BUTTERBALL and see what we can do. And I was able to help them come up with plan B. I gave them the instructions for how to do it on their outdoor grill, and we had <laughs> saved their right. Thanksgiving, and they had a candlelight dinner. Hey, Andrew, I have a sort of tough question for you. Apparently, our director is on hold calling your number right now. How long is the hold time right now? You know, we just opened at uh, 6 a.m., and we do have calls in queue. Sometimes you have to wait, so call us early at 1-800-BUTTERBALL. But you can also email us. You can go on Facebook and Twitter. We're everywhere where you can contact us. Do you have an AI assistant yet, who, uh, 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 a computer that will answer? Is there an Alexa version of, of the Butterball hotline? Absolutely, there is. So if you're in the kitchen and your hands are dirty, you can ask your Alexa device, ask Butterball. You're going to hear the voices from the Turkey Talk Line experts answering your questions and giving some fun facts as well. I'm guessing that Cousin Catherine, Cousin Eddie's wife's mistake was the lack of thermometer. I mean, don't you think when Clark's Clark's turkey blew up? What about getting to the wishbone? (laughs) Do people still do that? You know, you know oh sure, about? that's a fun, tra- yeah, that's, that's a fun we tradition we hear are we about. The family that does that? Yeah, well, my dad did. You guys are looking at me like no, my dad did that. My dad did that. Okay, I had to take over for whoever him, got so. the longest. You know the, yeah, the yeah. right. There's a way to win too. You put your thumb on the top. That's <laughs> true. That's how you win. <laughs> Andrea, thank you very much. It's great to see you. I want to thank you and the Butterball Turkey Talk Line. Take care. Happy Thanksgiving. Our pleasure. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. That's the show for today. On our rundown tomorrow, yes, we will be here on Thanksgiving. We've got the CEO of Walmart, the world's third largest employer after the U.S. government and the Chinese army. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 a.m. Eastern. To get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears, subscribe to Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. Clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. 